Praise the Lord. We have that hope today. And if you can't say this morning that he is yours, my prayer is that you'll be able to make that statement before you leave this place today. What a wonderful, wonderful grace that we have that's been given unto us of our creator. He is a wonderful God. If you believe that, stand with me and turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 1. It's so good to have each and every one of you here. I hope you didn't eat too much turkey. Uh, you know, I, I noticed my dog was uh, just kind of laying around a little bit after Thanksgiving meal. And he finally jumped up in my lap and I reached over and I felt his belly and it felt hard as a rock. I said, well, what in the world? I said, something wrong. And Angie said, probably all that turkey they've been feeding him under the table. Amen. So don't mess around and get so full that, uh, that you lay around. Amen. And don't praise God. I'm just picking with you spiritually. I hope you had a great time uh, this week and family and friends and so many that we needed to keep in prayer and uh, just believing that God is going to see them through this season. And uh, greater things are ahead. How many believe that for the children of God? There are greater things ahead for the children of God. It's good to see Sister Judy with us this morning. We love and appreciate them so much. And uh, uh, God is just a wonderful God. In Luke chapter 1, I want to begin reading at verse 26. The Bible said, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. She would come to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. That's shouting words right there. Amen. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. The angel answered, said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who has been called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I want to preach for a few moments on this thought. From Mary's womb to your heart. From Mary's womb to your heart. Father, we ask you, Lord, to take your word. And Father, that you would speak into our hearts today. Lord, remind us, God, of the precious, precious historical event that took place over 2,000 years ago that we today should rejoice in not only on December months and moments, uh, but God also every day of our life being reminded, Father of your grace and the wonderful mercy you bestowed upon us. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary, Lord, and speak. 
Lord, from the throne of your grace today into every heart, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, Lord, that you be glorified, you'll be lifted up, and you will accomplish what you send your word forth to accomplish today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen and amen. From Mary's womb to your heart. I believe that so often we take things for granted, especially when it comes uh, to the rut and routine that we can sometimes get into in our service, whether it be in the church or whether in our own personal lives. But I begin to think about the season that we're in and leaving out of the Thanksgiving time and going into December, into the moment where we begin to celebrate the month, we begin to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think about what a marvelous, marvelous historical event that took place on that day. And how many can say I'm a product of that event today? Amen. Uh, we're a product of that event if we have received Christ as our Savior in our heart and in our life. And uh, my heart just went back to a place of thanksgiving when I think about, how many can say, when I think about the Lord and, and I think about this time, this season, uh, I can't do anything but reach deep down in my heart uh, and give God praise for what he's done. To find ourselves going back and looking over time and time and time again, reflecting upon God's grace is not a bad thing, is it? Uh, it's something that should stir our hearts every day. I've been in my life recently, uh, it just uh, breaks my heart to see how complacent sometimes we become uh, in the work of our lives that God is trying to do within us by his spirit because sometimes we just take for granted the great graces and the glories of God and there uh, needs to be a stirring again, not just uh, during Christmas, amen but also every day of our life to be reminded who we are. How many know today it's important, to, amen, to rejoice in who we are as children of God today? Amen. It's important to know that we can rejoice in the fact that we have been born into the kingdom of God. That's not something that we should just think about in seasons of our life, but I think we should rejoice in it every day in our relationship with God that we are reminded of the miraculous thing that God did within the heart of man, that God had moved because of his great love for us into such a realm that it produced hope for us. Amen. I'm so grateful today for the hope uh, that I have in Jesus. I'm grateful today for the great grace that I have uh, in his lovely name. I can call upon him and God moves by his grace uh, and the Lord moves upon our life. How many believe that the Lord answers uh, when you cry? Amen. It may not be the way we want him to, but he answers when his children cries. Glory to God. And I'm grateful today to know that I have a Lord that I can call on that, uh, that will supernaturally move by his grace and intervene in my life. Now, I want to tell you that for generations uh, upon generations, there were those, the children of Israel, who were crying out for the Messiah. The prof prophets of old were prophesying that a Messiah would come, and they were crying for God to intervene. And so it was prophetic that God was going to move, that a Messiah was going to come, that a child was going to be born. And in Luke chapter 1, we began to see uh, the onset of God bringing this to fulfillment. I want to 
look at just uh, these verses that we read and share with you for a few moments uh, what God has spoken to my heart. Uh, first, we begin to look at the visitation. How many knows that when God sets out to do a thing uh, that he can't be stopped? When God sets out to fulfill his word that no man, woman, boy, girl, circumstance uh, or situation will ever stop what God is going to do. If God set it forth in his word, uh, you can count on it. Look at somebody around you and tell them you can count on it today. He is a God that will not fail. He had set out uh, to fulfill the prophetic word of God uh, uh, in this particular moment. There was a visitation, three things in this visitation that we're going to look at. Number one was the place the person and then the purpose. In this time it was a supernatural event. It was a, an event that was going to begin to declare the fulfillment of what God had prophesied through his, uh, his prophets of old uh, throughout the last uh, generations uh, and that Mary was going to be a part of this. Now when Gabriel showed up I believe he was dispatched to a particular location. Uh, this particular location happened to be in the city of Nazareth. Uh, it happened to be in a place, uh, uh, in, in, in a location, if you will, uh, that many people did not think highly of. If you begin to do research on it, uh, Nazareth was not a very uh, well-known place for religion. It was not a very well-known place uh, uh, for people who worshiped God and, and even taught the oracles of God. But it was a place where uh, it was primarily made up uh, of Gentile people. And here, uh, this angel Gabriel was dispatched uh, unto a certain location location, a place uh, at the address of Mary. And as he began to enter into the place where Mary was at, uh, we begin to find out that things begin to unfold because God is poor. How many is thankful that this event took place? Amen. That when you think about reading what you read, you begin to think about God sent an angel and the angel showed up to talk to Jesus' mother. Something was happening. Something was in the works. I don't just read it and take for granted. This was a supernatural event. How many of you ever had an angel show up and talk to you? Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm telling you, this was a supernatural event. There are angels watching over us we don't even see. I haven't had the opportunity to talk to one, but this was an event that I can rejoice in because God sent his messenger unto this particular location, to this address, to begin to unfold the prophetic. It was a place where many could not comprehend God's grace would, would begin to move through. Why Nazareth? Nazareth, Nazareth was not a well-known place uh, for, for godliness or, or religious things happening there. It was a place uh, where the heathen dwelt. Why would anything good come out of Nazareth? Uh, we begin to see in the Bible where the word of God declares that Jesus went out and he told Philip, uh, he said, I want you to come and follow me. And Philip began to run down to a man by the name of Nathaniel and he began to declare. He said, I want you in John chapter 1, I want you to come see this man. Amen to God that we found. We have found him who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. We have found Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel's words were, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Touch somebody today and say, yes, it can. Glory to God. He began to question this and Philip said unto him, come 
come and see. This is their thought process. This is uh, uh, what they were thinking about concerning Nazareth. But how many know today that it doesn't matter the location, how disparaging, how broken, how messed up, how far away, how distant it is from God. If God chooses to show up, he'll show up and make something happen. Can somebody say amen? He's a God that'll make something happen in your life. It doesn't matter. Your family may be broken, but he can't be stopped. If he steps on the scene, he can make something happen. He can move in your circumstance. He can move in your situation. Nazareth was the location of a woman who had found favor with God. And God said, Gabriel, go down to this, uh, this address and begin to unfold this prophecy and speak unto this woman that I am ready. It is time. And I'm about to do something in Nazareth through a woman who is a virgin, who is going to be the mother of my child. She is going to be blessed. But not only is she going to be blessed, everybody who get to know this child and accept him as the son of God in their life is going to be blessed. I come to tell somebody this morning, Mary wasn't the only one was blessed and highly favored. Everybody that ever got to know who Jesus was beyond the realm of his birth and what he did on the cross is blessed and highly favored. Why do we walk around with our heads down sometimes just like we're defeated? We're not defeated. We're blessed if we know Jesus. Amen. We are we are victorious. We sang a while ago about how victorious he is. Can I tell somebody today, if you know him, you are victorious today as well. And God wants you to rise up and give him glory in that knowledge today that you are not only a child of God, you are highly favored of God because of his great love for you. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Absolutely. But not only would something good come out of Nazareth, it would be a supernatural order. It wouldn't be just some natural thing. It wouldn't be just a woman having a baby. No, this was going to be something greater than that. It wasn't. How many's got some things you you know in the natural order? Nothing's ever going to change. In the natural order of things, nothing's ever going to transpire. In the natural order of things, there is no hope. In the natural order of things, it'll be a cycle that will never be broken. But in the supernatural order of things. In the supernatural order of things. See, in the natural order, there was no hope. And God knew this. Oh, oh, but in the supernatural order of things, that's where things begin to happen. Down in Nazareth, oh, there was something going to happen. And it wasn't going to be of a natural order, but it was going to be of a supernatural order. It was going to be of a virgin birth. He began to speak to Mary. Mary was one of royal descent from the lineage of David. She lived in lowly estate in Nazareth. She wasn't living in a mansion driving a Cadillac donkey. Amen. She was living in a place of lowly estate. She was living in a place amen to God that many would not look highly upon. But God was looking at her life. He was beginning to make plans to bring his son into the world. And when he looked upon Mary, 
He found the, the one that he wanted to, that he cho- chose, that he would bring his son into the world. She was a virgin. She was betrothed. She was engaged to Joseph. And she would be the one that would conceive the supernatural, miraculous event of the seed of the father. I want somebody to understand that when we celebrate Christmas, it's an historical event because nothing has ever happened in its Come on, somebody. Give God praise if you believe that. Nothing's ever happened like this. It's never been this way. Nothing's ever happened. There's never been a virgin birth. There's never been. God never sent another son. There was only one, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. There's never been another one like him. There'll never be another one like him. He's Alpha and Omega. He's beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. There's never been another like him in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 the Bible said therefore the Lord himself he'll give you a sign the prophet Isaiah began to prophesy that a virgin will conceive and bear a son and you will call his name Emmanuel in John chapter 1 verse 14 the Bible said and the word became flesh and it dwelled among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and and truth. She would be the mother of God's only son, Jesus, and we would begin to rejoice in the great, the great historical event that took place in her life for ages to come. Then we begin to look at the purpose. How many knows that when God shows up, it ain't just for naught. It's with a purpose. When God speaks into your life, it's with a purpose. When God came to Mary, it wasn't for no reason. It wasn't just to make her feel good. It was because because he had a work that he wanted to do in her life. How many knows today that God wants to do something in your life today? Give him praise if you believe. There was a work that God wanted to do in her life. It was a very important work. And even, even as we began to look at things that were happening there and the reasons why that God was wanting to do something through her, we began to see the greatest reasons unfold as the angel in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 through 25 begins to speak to Joseph. How many knows today that he was just as much important in all this as Mary was to a great degree? because he had to choose to marry a woman who was already with child and he had to walk by faith to what God was saying. How many has ever had to go against the grain and just trust God? Amen. It's not an easy thing. He was thinking about giving her away privately. Amen. Not to cause embarrassment but to put her away. And God said, angel, I need you to go. And I need you to speak to Joseph. And I need you to tell him everything's going to be all right. And this angel came to Joseph and began to speak to him and said, do not be afraid for that which is conceived in your wife is conceived of the Holy Spirit. This is a God thing. This ain't something that man has put together. This is something God has orchestrated from the foundation of the world. It just happens to be that you're a part of a prophetic move of God that is going to change this world. My God, somebody shout amen. 
I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to understand the mandate of what's happening here. A great thing is taking place. There are going to be lives that are going to be delivered because of what God is doing. And he's sending his son into the world. There are going to be drug addicts delivered. There are going to be people sick that are going to be healed. There are going to be people lost that are going to be saved. There are going to be families that are falling apart. That because they have come to know this Jesus, they're going to come back together. They're going to be churches that are broken. That's going to have a move of the real Lord. And God is going to restore their lives that are going to be hurting in depression that God is going to set free. Joseph, don't be afraid for this boy that is birthed in your in your wife. He is going to be the son of God. Oh, glory to God. Somebody sent me a message the other day. He said, son, he said, don't try to build the church. That's Jesus' job. He said, you just bring the lumber. I come to bring some lumber today and tell somebody Joseph was about to give up. But he heard a word that would forever change his mind. Oh, we need God to speak to us to get our minds right, don't we? Oh, come sometimes I've been there. We're about to make the wrong move. But then God speaks to you. And all of a sudden you get your mind right. And Joseph began to hear. He began to hear what was happening. And the angel began to speak to him and said, listen, she's going to bring forth this son. And you're going to call his name Jesus. The purpose was that he would save his people from their sins. Oh, I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I've been down to the crimson flow. That might not mean nothing to somebody who don't understand. But when you come to understand who he is, it means a whole lot. Oh, yes. Oh, I've been touched by the hand of the man. He'll save his people from their sin. Oh, the purpose is great. He goes on to say in verse 23, he said, this virgin will bear a son. They'll call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God's not sitting off at a distance somewhere. Woo! But he's drawn near through Jesus Christ. Oh, he has come near by his very son Christ. The Bible said Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. And he did not know her till she had brought forth, forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Now this was the visitation, the, the, the place, the purpose, and the person. But now we look at the preparation. I'm trying to hurry, but I feel this Holy Ghost in there. How many feel what I feel in this place this morning? Let's put on our spiritual lenses and look at something for a moment. Here comes a messenger from God into the room. And the first thing that Gabriel says to Mary is rejoice. This is an indication that there was a reason to rejoice. Amen. Oh, when we begin to come into the house of the Lord, there's a reason to rejoice. Oh, 
we didn't just gather around a table to give thanks around turkeys and hams and dressing and cranberry sauce and pecan pies and sweet potato pies for no reason. There was a reason to gather around and give thanks to God. Every day there's a reason to give thanks unto God. But this particular day he walks into her room and he begins to say, Mary, you need to rejoice. This is an indication that God is about to do something great. Now when the Lord comes into your, into your presence and he begins to speak to your heart to rejoice, that's a sign that a good word is following. Amen. That's a sign that good news is on the way. I come to tell somebody rejoice today. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice always. And again I say rejoice. Something good is on the way. Why? Because of this great historical event that has taken place. We begin to think about that word rejoice. We think about, uh, amen, being encouraged. She refers to Mary as highly favored, one who is blessed among women. Mary had to be prepared. How many know you got to be prepared in your heart sometime to, to hear what God wants to do? Mary came from a place of low estate. She was living in Nazareth. Wasn't much happening there in Nazareth, so maybe her spirit was kind of, amen, indicative of what was happening in her dwelling place. And maybe she was connected to royalty by lineage, but she wasn't living in the ranks of royalty. She was living in the ranks of a heathen society. Encouragement and insight are two of the greatest foundations Mary needed to be at peace with God's purpose. How many knows that if you don't feel worthy, amen to God, it's hard to swallow what God's telling you. When you feel like you're, you're just not qualified, then it's hard for you to swallow and to embrace what God is saying. So the angel goes in and he begins to encourage her and he tells her, rejoice, rejoice because God has chosen you. You're highly favored. He begins to lift her spirit up so her mind could get right. Look at somebody around you and tell them God loves you. You're favored of God. Rejoice. God favored you. I don't care if you're lost, if you don't know Christ as Savior, you're still highly favored because you have the privilege to call upon this same Jesus today. Amen. Give him praise. Begins to tell them, rejoice, you're highly favored. We want to encourage you so that you'll be able to hear what I'm saying, what God is wanting to do through your life. Mary was troubled by these words because she could not relate to what the angel was saying to her life. And Gabriel noticed this and immediately begins to address it. How many knows that God won't just walk away from you? He'll stick with you. Amen. Oh, he wants, you to, he wants you to really get it this morning. That's why he keeps knocking. Even though some won't let him come in, he keeps knocking. But some won't let him come in. He keeps knocking. Why does he keep knocking? He wants you to get it. Amen. He wants you to get it. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to walk in his grace. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid. I'm telling you some things here today 
that you may not understand fully right now. You may not see how you fit into this picture, but God don't make any mistakes. Oh, glory. Look at somebody around and say, God don't make mistakes. You're not here by accident. You're here because God has ordained you to be here. Amen. You're not hearing this word by accident. You're hearing it because God has favored your life. Oh, come on, somebody. You don't have the Bible at your very fingertips by accident. You have it because God has highly favored your life. You don't have the privilege to come boldly before the throne of grace. Oh, that we may be able to find mercy, obtain mercy, and find grace to help in the time of need by accident. Amen. It's not an accident this morning. It's a real God thing. It's a supernatural thing. And it's no accident. God has prepared this within our heart and within our life. And Gabriel wants us to understand, wants Mary to understand. You may not fully comprehend it, but you've got to understand God's favor, what I'm talking about, he begins to define. You are going, you are Mary, you Mary. The reason why you're favored is God's going to do a thing in you. You're going to bring forth a son. You're going to call his name Jesus. He will be great. Whoo! I believe Mary's saying, keep going. Oh, he's going to be son of the most high. The Lord is going to give him the throne of his father, David. Oh, come on, somebody. I believe Mary's saying, I'm listening. I'm, 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 I'm liking what I hear. This sounds good to me. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 said in, in verse 3, Paul is saying that Jesus Christ, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power. In John chapter 7, verse 42, that says that Christ would come of the seed of David. And she was listening to all that. said, not only will I'm, am I going to give him the throne, but he's going to reign over the house of Jacob forever. Oh, I'm loving this. And of his kingdom, there's going to be no end. I'm really loving this. Oh, but then Mary begins to ask a question based on the carnal understanding. How can this be? I've not been with a man. It's a very valid question. It doesn't mean she doesn't believe. It's just that she doesn't quite understand the fullness of what the angel Gabriel is saying. And then Gabriel begins to explain. See, you're thinking of a natural order, Mary. I come to tell you there's a supernatural order that's going to happen to your life. Never has there ever been, nor will there ever be, another woman that will have this happen. Amen. It's a supernatural order. You're thinking, oh, this is the way it's going to happen because this is a natural order. But he said that God is going to visit you.
the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the Lord God Almighty is going to overshadow you and you're going to conceive in a supernatural order and bear a son and you're going to call his name Jesus it was a supernatural never has it happened never will it ever happen again never has it happened listen never will it happen again why is this important to know because there's only one who deserves all glory praise and honor in this life and that is Jesus Christ the son of the living God he's the only son the only begotten son it is declared by his historical measures that he is conceived not of the seed of man but of the seed of almighty God the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us somebody ought to hear this morning that in the womb of Mary was a word from God that became flesh he was God but he was also man and I'm about to get happy up in here Amen. Why do I rejoice? Why do I keep pressing on? Because you can't mess this up. Mary, listening. Yeah, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just feeling what I'm feeling right now. This is good to my never dying soul. Mary, hallelujah, Holy Ghost heavyweight, was in a strategic place that God was pouring in her. The angel began to explain all this to her. And then the angel said, let me go ahead and remind you that six months ago, Elizabeth, who was two old half babies, Your cousin, come on somebody, of a natural order, she couldn't do it. It was a natural order, could not be done. Sometimes the doctor's right till the great physician steps in. Oh, glory to God. When the great physician steps in, things can turn around. Amen. And so they said, oh, she's too old to have a child. And I've never heard of nothing like that. It can never happen. So I want to remind you that your cousin Elizabeth has been six months pregnant because God moved in her life. And today she has a supernatural work of God's grace that has taken place in her life. Mary, I've come to tell you that it may seem, oh, in your mind, like it's impossible. But with God, all things are impossible. I feel the Holy Spirit. Don't y'all feel what I feel? That's why there's always hope. Because if God could bring his son into the world in supernatural order, there's not a man, woman, boy, and girl that he cannot save in supernatural order by his spirit today. I'm rejoicing. Woo! This gives me hope. See, nothing's going to be impossible. Listen. 
minute today. If you come on to the piano, if you will, please. How many to know it today know the supernatural work of God's grace was not only because Mary was highly favored. As I said before, it's because you and I, every man, woman, boy, and girl, and every generation is highly favored. Amen. That's why you ought to be careful when you're chomping on your neighbor. Because God loves them. You ought to be able to careful how you treat your brothers and sisters and even those that are lost because God loves them. You don't know what give God praise. Well, preacher, you just don't know what they've done to me, but I know what he's done to me. Amen. His grace was so great. His favor is so important because he favored humanity. The miracle of salvation reminds me of the miracle of the virgin birth. Without Christ, none of it would be possible. From Mary's womb, our heart two things we have in common Christ Jesus and a moving of the Spirit of God amen stand with me if you will please Placed by the Spirit of God. The birth of Christ. The new birth that we receive in Christ Jesus is by the Spirit of God. Amen. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 5 through 7, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say unto you, you must be born again, Nicodemus. Hear what I'm saying. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16 said, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of adopt, uh, bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Humanity is greatly blessed and highly favored today. I don't care if you live in Russia. I don't care if you live in China. I don't care if you live in the backwoods or someplace down in Africa. I don't care if you're living on the street under a bridge in New York City. I don't care if you ain't got a dime to your name or you're living in the greatest mansion. The reason we're blessed is because of what happened. Amen. Over 2,000 years ago, a miraculous supernatural move of God that made a way for each and every one of us today. This is the reason we're blessed and highly favored. He didn't have to be. There's a song they used to sing. He didn't have to bless me, but he did. 
How many are so glad he did? Oh, give him a glory if you're glad he blessed you today. From the womb to the tomb, all the way to the right hand of the Father, intercession is being made for each and every one. Man, woman, boy, and girl. Amen today. Every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment, please. No one looking around. I know I covered a lot of ground here just in one passage of Scripture. But it was meant for us to get a big picture of the supernatural, miraculous work of God's grace. Planted in the, in the womb of Mary, birthed for all humanity to see, the sacrifice of God for all the ages, became a highly favored truth for whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord. You may be in this building this morning. And you may not, you may not have ever accepted Christ as your Savior. Please don't leave. Please listen. Please for a moment understand that I can't save you. Nobody in this building can save you. But there's a man who can. And his name is Jesus. And in this month, I wanna, I'm going to pour out as God pours in me some great truths about Christmas about this season that hopefully will cause us to look at things from a perspective of hope maybe you don't know the Lord is your Savior this morning but but Jesus came for you he came because of God's great love for you he was the propitiation, the sacrifice for all our sins. And no, the reason why many don't come running to him is because they, like Mary, cannot fully grasp the natural order from the supernatural order. And some say, well, I, I, I've got to fix myself before I come to God. I've got to, to get some things right before you come to God. You can't do it. The natural order cannot save you. It can't fix you. You need the supernatural order of God's grace. That whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does that mean? That means you got to do like Mary did. You got to say, let it be so unto me. Oh, let every word you're speaking today, angel, let it be unto me. I want to know how many of the day would say, preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I want to accept this great gift of God. I realize today that God loves me and I'm highly favored. 
The world wants me to feel like I'm, I'm useless, like I'm no good, like I'm not important, like that, 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 that I'm worthless. But I found out this morning, amen, that, that God has shown me that he loves me and I am that important. That I can be saved today. No one looking around for a moment if that's you. Will you slip up your hand right where you're at? I'm not going to call your name, embarrass you, half of you. I'm still trying to learn your name, so I wouldn't do that to you anyway. Hallelujah. Thank you. Lord, I want to ask you then if you'll do this today. For those who are saved today, I want everybody that will, that can step out of your seat before you come and you come and gather around these altars. Let's come with a spirit of thanksgiving. Let's come with an attitude of praise. And let's also come with an attitude of direction. Holy Spirit, you direct me in how to pray. You direct me in where to go to pray. If I need to pray for somebody around this altar, you send me there. Let me be obedient to you. And God, my prayer is that when we step out, that if any come lost and undone without you, they're making that profession of faith. I'm coming. That, Lord, they won't leave these altars the same that they've come. That they will leave with the Son of God living in their heart, cleansed and free by the power of God's grace. Children of God, birth of the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name.